2: And you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast.
0: My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Miller. My
3: name is Paul Arneson. My name is Mark Boyd.
1: Hello. My name is Derek Combs.
3: My name Toby Show Silva. My
2: name is Greg Abbott, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Enjoy.
3: Hello, mate. Are you all right? Oh, there we go. Are you all right, mate? Hello. Hello. All right, man. I just want to do a quick test. Just let us, know, let us know if you can hear this. So, for this week's
4: million pound idea, it's something we've seen. Um, more frequently
3: this season can you hear him can you hear Max I can hear Max yeah awesome Okay. so just for the listeners out there that obviously aren't aware uh, it's just going to be me and Wills for this episode we've got a couple of segments that Max and Liam have been kind enough to pre-record for us so there'll still be a Max's million dollar idea there'll still be some of your fan match reactions as well that's our newest feature here on the podcast and I really do enjoy having that uh, extended arm out into the community so we can sort of, you know be interactive and, and get to talk to people. It's something that we've been trying to do here on the podcast for a while. And I think Max has just sort of like helped kick down that barrier for us. Um, and, now, and now we're here, so uh, get involved. Um, you know, uh, We always want your opinions for Max's million-dollar idea. We always want your match reactions as well at the end of the matches. You just send voice notes to uh, either Max's Instagram page, which is Carlisle United News, or you can send them to the Blue Army podcast. Instagram page, or even Blue Army TV's Instagram page. i leave a comment in his comment section over there on YouTube. Um, I mean, Wills, I normally don't do this kind of, you know, mechanical heavy lifting, um, you know, the duties that you're supposed to fulfil uh, when you're a part of a social media platform and you're trying to gain, uh, I don't know, interaction, basically. So uh, that's our preamble this week. Um, we're just going to sort of plug ourselves. Uh, that's all in right, it? That, you know, we've got to do it every once in a while, don't we?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's back to the old days today, isn't it?
3: Um, it is, it is. Well, <laughs>
2: the old days, but with added... Little contributions from Max and Liam.
3: Yeah, exactly. They haven't completely abandoned us. No, they haven't completely (laughs) abandoned us. Um, I mean, I did actually extend uh, an arm out to a friend of the show, uh, a one-time appearer, Mr. 100 Man himself, Gabriel Breeze. But obviously, as we'll get into... Uh, Jockle Anderson got himself suspended this weekend, and therefore Gabriel Breeze has duties to fulfil this evening. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, Sometimes we record on Mondays, and that's part of the reason, basically, we can't all be in the same place at the same time. Our schedules just haven't matched up this week. But, Will, I've made our excuses. Um, I'll open the show properly, yeah? Yeah, do it. Uh Oh... Hey how's it going and welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is of course episode 128 and I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by one third of the Cumbrian <laughs> Brain Trust. That's right, it's the original Brain Trust founder himself, Will. So welcome uh, back mate, you're all right.
2: Yeah, good, good.
3: To are, you, be back. are you going to be all right for the League One Roundup? Do you know what you're doing?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, so like, as you know, recently we've been splitting the job between having one of us do a match report and one of us a look at something in the news. Um, I've just got something from the news. So there's not going to be a match report this time. We're just going to look at something I've picked out from the news in League One
3: all right look forward Almost to hearing that and look forward to hearing whatever that's going to be but before we get there we have traditions around here on the blue army podcast and at this time of the show right at the start it could only mean one thing and one thing only it's time for the blue army podcast joke of the week is See, laugh. i think he's trying to it's the it's blue, blue army, army podcast army. joke of the week, week. Right, mate. Um yeah. I don't know. You'll either like it or you won't. Here we go.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> getting your excuses in early.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did Yoda say when he was told that the latest Star Wars movie would be shot in 4K? Um no, I don't know. Gone
2: wow me. Mm, HDMI. Sorry,
3: I didn't get, I didn't cast that. <laughs> <laughs> Like HD, oh, right. am <laughs> you know? yeah, I? Get, uh, yeah. it
2: now, get it now.
3: They're normally, yeah, they're normally not as good when you have to explain them.
2: <laughs> it was the voice. I think the voice put me off. I didn't know what you'd said.
3: Yeah, sorry. I, I kind of just jumped to a random voice, didn't I? <laughs> it, was,
2: it was a decent Yoda voice. So I'll give you that. Thanks,
0: man. Yeah.
3: Um, and you can look forward to more Star Wars related impressions from me. I'm pretty good at Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <Too chewy>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, wait, we're going to. Move on um, away from Star Wars impressions and on to the context of the show, the things that people want to know about. We're going to dive into the first feature of the Blue Army podcast, which is, of course, the part of the show where we all get to find out what's been happening here and what's
0: been happening there
3: in the League One Roundup. It will. Hey,
2: so as you heard, I'm just gonna look at a item from the news. Um, I think you probably guess what it is, based on what like we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Uh-huh. Um, Cheltenham Town yet again, because um, they've appointed a new manager. You see, this happens. We have. A manager gets sacked, so that's the news. And then the next, and then the next week, they appoint someone else. So that's <laughs> the news. So they've gone and appointed Daryl Clark. Did you know that?
3: No, no, no. I, I completely because I've been off the radar this weekend. I completely gone.
2: Oh, because yeah. Um, to anyone who doesn't know, it was Liam's first wedding anniversary this yeah. weekend. So he's, he's been away with his lovely wife.
3: Yeah, um, so I was completely not allowed. Well, the internet <laughs> was terrible out there anyway, yeah. so I just didn't try.
2: So, um, I mean, this is fairly recent news anyway. Um, So, Donald Clark has been appointed as a manager of Cheltenham. Um, He was then in the stands for their game on Saturday. Their assistant manager, uh, I forget his name, but their assistant manager, who was taken over as caretaker, was still managing the team. Uh, They were beaten 2-0 away to Lincoln City. Perhaps not a huge surprise, Lincoln up in 10th. So, uh, you know, that was always going to be a bit of a big ask for them. Um, 10 games now into the season, still no goals from Cheltenham Town. So uh, Daniel Donald Clark is he'll be taking charge of his first game tonight. And he said that he's under no illusions of the challenge of taking over the club. Um what do you think of the appointment? Do you know much about him? Um, uh, it was previously at Port Vale. He got then promoted into League One, um, but, through the playoffs.
3: I mean, like it, it, it. I wouldn't like to say it's a coup, but like it, no. it is almost a coup, isn't it? Like so, when you're struggling all the way down there, like you said, the last job that he really had in football was that promotion, um, with with Port Vale from this division.
4: Yeah. Um, with,
3: with a much unfancied side as well. Um, so. He obviously knows how he wants to play football and it's going to be down to whether or not Cheltenham are good enough to play the style of football he wants to play.
2: Whether they're good enough, yeah. Whether they've got the players, I mean, that's always the thing when you're appointing a new manager is, you know, you can appoint the best manager in the world, but if your players... Suited are only suited to a completely different type of football that that manager wants to play, and that manager's inflexible, and then it's it's still not going to work. I could, I can't really tell you much about Daryl Clark's style, but he's a fairly young manager. Um, and uh, he took over originally at Bristol Rovers, um, as they were relegated down into League Two, uh, but then he got they got relegated again, but he got back to back promotions with them, so it's a He's been promoted to League One twice, but he's never lasted long at a club there, which is why, you know, you kind of look at him and you think that's kind of a decently experienced manager who's had some success in his career. Mm. But obviously a club in Cheltenham's position with their resources, that the, you know they're not going to bring in somebody who's widely sought after at this level, but they've brought in someone with experience at this level at least, and they've brought in someone who knows how to get success, even if that's at a previous level or could they be thinking ahead to we're going to get relegated quite possibly but let's have a manager who can do well in league 2
3: i mean i think if you know he's came in now and if they do get relegated at the end of the season i don't know it'll depend how you know it depends how the team's been playing by how many goals they're still losing by if they're scoring goals whatever cuz yeah. it's a, it's always a results based game isn't it so he has to at least be getting some points on the board for him to have a bit more time, basically. You can justify giving him 10 games as long as he gets you a win in in, in 10 games because you've given the last manager 10 games and he's got you one point. So you can kind of just, you know what I mean? You've got to give him the time. It's like when Simo first arrived here at Carlisle and we were down there in the relegation zone and we were a bit of cannon fodder, he just put the best formation he could put out and the best tactics he could put out with the team that he had in front of him because it yeah. was February and it was too late for him to recruit and then we saw that develop the season afterwards into you know he got the recruitment he got to start playing the football that he wanted to play a bit more and um you know that it just it got better for us so
2: yeah I mean Clark's time at Bristol Row was was very much like um Simo's first spell with us and um, there was back-to-back promotions from the conference he took over a team that were in clear decline, he couldn't save them, but that wasn't held against him and he he stayed on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't know how the Cheltenham you know how the Cheltenham owners are going to see that, you know, whether they're willing to forgive him even if he can't save them. It does look a big ask, I mean. I mean, I know they've not started the season well and you can always turn things around, but the problems were there when they didn't replace Alfie May and they relied so much on him last season, Mm -hmm. even even like the Cheltenham fans that have heard, you know, opinions of Cheltenham fans, they weren't necessarily blaming their uh, Wade Elliott, the previous manager, um, you know, for that poor start. He obviously has to take some of the responsibility, but I think they were kind of saying like he's been given a really difficult job to begin with because you can see from the goals. And, you know, Alfie Mae was a big goal scorer as well. So it's it, it's clear that they were kind of relying on him and they've not replaced him and they've got nobody else. So, but we'll see Daryl Clark in action tonight. Um, they're home to Fleetwood Town. So, you know, will they get their first goal of the season? Will they get the first win of the season? Fleetwood, another struggling team. So it's it's an opportunity for them.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, you, you can't know, do much part, worse of a job. Sorry, yeah,
2: what's that? and, you know, and a part of the table that, Maybe we need to kind of, like, start keeping an eye on, um, you know, are we going to eventually kind of get things going and push on up the table or do we need to kind of, like, watch the Cheltenhams and the Fleetwoods all season long?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, yeah, is that your big news story this week, That's my big
2: news story, yeah. It's the only kind of significant thing in League One.
3: Yeah. Thanks, man. We all got to find out what's been happening here. And what's been happening there in the League One Roundup with Solo Will? (laughs) Right, okay. We're going to move on to uh, the next feature here in the Blue Army podcast, which is it's the one time, I just couldn't think of a rhyme, (laughs) <laughs> it's max's million pound idea or as will likes to call it max's million bar idea which is uh I, pretty- <laughs> I like that i like that obviously we all know by now max isn't here but he's been kind enough to send in one of the suggestions that he's been sent in so yeah i'll just uh i'll hand over to Max. basically here we go
4: all right so for this week's million pound idea it's something we've seen um more frequently this season and at big games in the past and it was to um open the waterworks permanently um i think it has the atmosphere to be fair and uh it's always good to uh be attacking in front of your own fans both ends so yeah open the waterworks but for the home fans
3: so that's the Max's yeah. million pound idea is get that waterworks end open just for the home fans. Um, well, we've spoken about the waterworks yeah. ends. You managed to get yourself in the waterworks end last season yeah. for a game. Um, I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you feel like it was lacking anything? Is um, is is the, are the is it all right? Is the queues okay? Because obviously you're relying on that paddock uh, bar and the paddock snack bar as well. So you just yeah. add them to the queues and stuff. Um, but, is that all right if you just open it up and let some people go around there?
2: I mean, it's hard to kind of judge because it was the playoff semi final. It was a big attendance anyway. So the queues in the paddock were quite bad and they did run out of beer. Um, my, I didn't go and join the queue. My mate Mike went to get drinks, came back saying that they sold out of this and sold out of that. I've, I've, I've got you as a sprite. So um <laughs> and you know obviously it has no you know it has no facilities of its own so you're kind of like looking at making it almost like a wanna with the paddock which is maybe the way to do it is to kind of just have the paddock and the waterworks end as a one thing uh, we had the open against Derby and I'd say the attendance against in in that match wasn't enough to make the most of the extra stand. I mean, I was yeah. in the Warwick Road, then, so I was only looking from a distance, it didn't seem like there was that many. It was great in there when it was a sunny day, and it was packed, or uh, whether it'll be as popular on a rainy day when there's not that many people, but if people can kind of drift over there from the paddock, then that's a possibility. Because um, also, like, I don't think unless it is going to be busy it doesn't necessarily make economic sense to have it open, which I think is why it's always being closed, because it's like they've just got to spend extra money to have it open and it's not really going to provide. But, you know, it's good to have fans behind our goal, and we've shown that we do actually quite like doing that. Um, really annoyed the Wigan uh, fans or the Derby fans by having our own fans behind there, when they thought, no, we want. You know, why can't you let us have it? Yeah. But you know, we of you know, we prefer having our own fans behind the goal. And if we're not kind of like, you know, if the Piataks come in and we go through a spell where we're not having to be as frugal, then maybe that's something that'll be a bit more, you know, will make a bit more sense. You could say, like, well, you know, it's more expensive than having it closed, but it it's a price worth paying, or maybe it's a price that they think they'll be worth paying for the improved atmosphere. Yeah, I'd like but,
3: to see it. Yeah, I mean, like like you're saying though, if, if if some money comes in, there's 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 possibilities to do with it. You know, you could yeah. do all kinds with it. You really could. Um, there's there's no reason why you, you can't. Well, that road behind it is just full of potholes and it's horrible. So that needs yeah. updated and improved anyway. So you could always extend the waterworks out slightly, um, yeah. and turn it into a seating stands. You could uh, add like um, one of those window sort of bars so you can see straight through from the street into the stadium and then like have that as like a higher venue for for events and things in the future something that looks a bit nicer than
2: boxes yeah.
3: potentially I mean, which looks, which looks a little bit outdated expensive. with that edinburgh wooden mill carpet and things in there um yeah. so that, you know it depends where the money kind of would get you know um stopped <laughs> where's yeah. the line it's like how much, I mean, the- how much are you willing to give us
2: Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are endless with what you could do with it uh, because of the space you've got behind it as well. And it's a very small stand. So, you you know, you could add things to the existing terracing without, you know, much cost, but, you know, put things behind it as well. Uh, Could you have like a a fan zone behind there that's got like, um, you know, maybe a kind of big undercover fan zone with kind of big tents?
0: Bobby yeah, Bobby, yeah yeah i like mean workington i
3: was on the train past workington they've got like a big old uh sort of like tent thing outside of their place and i know you know it can't be that hard to organize um yeah. for some occasions but you know they've got a second container or we could go we could go around this circle all day but uh, it's a good idea uh we like yeah. that idea i'll tell you what as well um another member of the cumbrian brain trust sent us another good idea that he'd like to contribute so i'll hand over to uh to liam and we'll see what he's got to say
5: Oh, man, I've got a good one for this week. Um, <laughs> a million pound idea. I, I was thinking about it last time when we were talking about moving the club shop. And I was thinking what we could use that place for that we've got there now. And I think, because they collected a lot of old shirts a while ago, have a little sort of like club museum there where you've got like Jimmy Glass's gloves on the wall, you know, a uh, signed top from the 2005 title winning team, you know, just have a, have a good... Thing that people can just walk in on a match day, have a look at some old Carlisle stuff. Um, I know other clubs have got some, some similar. You know, there's a, a a lot of the big clubs especially, but I think it could be something to be looked into. Uh, if, even if not in that place, maybe somewhere else. But I, I I don't know. I just I just think like there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of moments in Carlisle's history that I think that you could immortalise by putting in a sort of publicly available club museum type thing.
3: So Liam's talking about essentially, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll say, yeah. a Carlisle United Hall of Fame, uh, a United Museum. Of some kind. Uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of archives dotted around the stadium, dotted around the city, um, in all kinds of different places. Uh, there's there's the galvanised boots under the Manelian Walk. There's the the goalkeeping gloves of Jimmy Glass. I think are in Glass's Bar. Mm. Um, there's there's promotion winning medals and different trophies. There's there's I think the playoff trophies in the stairwell on the way up to that new suite that used to be yeah. McConnell's I think
2: I don't, know. I don't yeah, yeah you know you
3: could you could organize it all you could all put it into one kind of place um it would be a bit of a homage but just to Carly United fans I think you'd have to get another use out of it like it's a ticket office as well um I think that would justify it and it also means yeah. that the, the fans don't have to do that extra sort of like two minute walk around the corner as well um and yeah it might just be a bit more prominent if you've got a ticket office there on the front as well or at least a, a fan information center of yeah. some kind uh, will to- have you got any thoughts on this
2: yeah i mean it could be a ticket office even if we because i mean the original idea was to have um if we have like a club shop in town somewhere you'd still want to sell some merchandise from there on match days because it's at the stadium so if you had like Um, A ticket office, uh, you can buy, like, hats and scarves there. Um, You know, maybe a a small selection of the kits. Yeah, just like a basic kind of shop, more like a gift shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of like, you know, it sells the things that people are most likely to buy on the match day, which I'm sure they'll know what, you know, what sells on a match day and what sells. Yeah, scarves, banners,
3: hats, gloves. Yes, that's what what comes
2: to mind. Yeah, I don't don't know if anyone's going in there on a match day and buying
3: mugs, calendars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stand in the terraces with my mug. Yeah. No, but it's a, you know it's a nice idea the whole idea of having a museum having everything a bit more open and public rather than only being able to see certain things on a match day. Um yeah. it would be quite nice. Uh, and I I know from experience from when I used to work at Brunton Park that there's there's just cupboards full of memorabilia Amazing memorabilia um, that was obviously in places like Murphy's Bar and, and um, Glass's Bar before they became Murphy's Bar and Glass's Bar. Uh, so they had to make way for Peter Murphy's shirts and Jimmy Glass's gloves and different things. So there, mm. there's a lot of memorabilia just hidden in random cupboards all over Brunton Park. Um, I'm not encouraging anyone to start opening <laughs> random doors, <laughs> by the way. It's very well uh, locked up, so you know you won't be able to get in without a key. Um, yeah uh, that was really good um, I've got an idea but uh, yeah. I think I'm going to use it next week um, yeah if, if, if we haven't got too many suggestions I'm going to use it next week so yeah. uh, I mean that's everything for uh, the one time of the show or the one time I couldn't think of a rhyme it's Max's million pound idea <laughs> without Max we did it without you well kind of <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed it I'm sure he's listening um, hi Max <laughs> we'll move on to some Carlisle United related news, more news closer to home that's been reported across uh, the media. So, uh, first of all, after the injury to Taylor Charters and already having a long-term sidelined Dylan McGeoch, Paul Simpson is considering a midfield options in the free agent market. Uh, And a couple of names that have started to excite Cumbrian fans include Matty Longstaff, he was released by Newcastle last summer, uh, or this summer, last summer. Yeah, last summer is what you would say, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Jordan Munch, who is, uh, after a pretty good start to his career at Birmingham, has been a bit of a journeyman and has played MLS, Indian, uh, Australian, all kinds of football all over the world. Um, well, do you think this midfield position, because it's not starting 11 position, Yeah. Um necessarily that we're looking to cover for, but someone like a Matty Longstaff would be a pretty decent improvement at Brunton Park, wouldn't you think?
2: Yeah. Um it's the sort of players that maybe we'd be looking at is obviously um I I I don't know why he's not managed to find anyone yet. Um you know, given his experience, but is he maybe is he a realistic target, or is he expecting to get at least the championship? I don't know. Um, Jordan Much and Tom Petter maybe a bit more kind of
3: Tom Pet, yeah.
2: This end, well, yeah, these are the three players that have been um locked into by um, well, there's a website called the Seventy Two. Yeah. They, whenever there's transfer windows, mean, you know, they always do these sort of articles. um Three free agent midfielders Carlisle should consider. And they, you know, they have mentioned Jordan Much, Matty Longstaff, and also Tom Pett, who was, you know, he's been around this level, he's 31. Maybe that's the kind of player that you'd consider a bit more realistic because he's kind of more of this level, he's maybe not. I don't know how much you would expect to kind of go straight into the first team. Anyone would probably challenge. Um, you certainly think, it, you know, Mighty Longstaff would, you know, would be challenging for the first team spot. Um, you know, more experienced players like Tom Pett. kind of like when we signed Clint Hill. You know, you bring these players in and, you know, if they're fit, they turn out to actually be excellent excellent signings. Of the three, yeah. I think I would go with Tom Pett.
3: Okay, okay. Um, in other news, after the meeting between the Pataic family and the Carlisle United supporters club, which we spoke about last week on the podcast, it went to vote, and it was a resounding approval from the supporters club. I believe it was ninety eight percent of the vote. Around uh seven hundred people voted, I believe, and uh, yeah, it's it's a resounding go ahead and carry on from the supporters' trust. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be more interesting developments over the course of the week when it comes to the takeover. On loan watch, Annan were thrashed 5-0 by Hamilton Academical with Max Kilsby completing a full 90 minutes and Kai Nugent just coming off the bench in the 84th minute. Um, in ex-Carlisle United... Players related news Toby Show Silver scored his first goal for Maidenhead. Adam C- Adam Campbell opened the scoring for Crawley, who went on to beat Amari Patrick Sutton United by three goals to nil. And lastly, the legend that is Simon Grand made his seventh hundredth appearance as part of the English footballing pyramid. So congratulations to him. That's the ex Carlisle United. Players news, the ex-Blues news. And uh, yeah, that's all the news. So Wills, normally, at this time of the show, we play a little game. Yeah. Called FIFA Higher or Lower. So what I've done for you this week as well uh, is done you a special edition, not only of FIFA Higher or Lower, but I've also done Guessing the Player as well. And they're going to be themed because me and you, where are the older heads around here? Okay, and we play with a handicap when we play guessing the player and we play uh, FIFA higher or lower because, you know, we we give in to people like young Liam who (laughs) doesn't have any knowledge of anything prior to 2010. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fuming listening listening,
3: to it. <laughs> I hope he Because uh, he'll be playing a well, lot at home I hope he's yeah. alright with this as well you know, like, um, But yeah what so, I've done He'll be on he'll here have... next week
2: telling us how he actually Got it after the first
1: Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith Co-star of my upcoming film If Only in theatres May 17th Do you want to tell people the big news?
3: <laughs> potentially but we'll see how that goes yeah. uh, but we're playing FIFA higher or lower now mate what I've done is a special noughties edition is what we're doing so there's going to be a noughties themed guessing the player and this is our noughties themed FIFA higher or lower uh, this is the earliest version of FIFA that Carlyle United appeared on I believe anyway it's the earliest one I could find it's a 2004 yeah. FIFA mm. 2004 okay Um, and you've got five of them to get through. We'll mark you out of five, basically. We'll play along with people at home. You can mark yourselves out of five. We're going to get through all five of them. And, uh, yeah, you know how to play FIFA higher or lower. I'm going to give you the overall stats for a certain player that was in that FIFA four squad, and then you have to carry on playing higher or lower, basically, the classic card game. So, uh, yeah, Peter Murphy is the first man that I've got written on the list. And the overall stats for Peter Murphy were fifty-six. So
1: mm-hmm. that's
3: our jumping-off points, and we're going to move on to Zigor Aronaldi.
2: I I think Aronaldi, I think is going to be higher. I'm I'm sticking with my usual tactic of if he's played. If he's played at a higher level, regardless of how good he was then, it usually bumps up his FIFA rating a bit. So, yeah, I'm going to say higher.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. logical. It's logical. Do, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got it right, mate. You've got it right. Yeah, it is higher. So, you've got the first one and you're off to a good start. The next one on the list, higher or lower than Ziggler or Ronaldo, it's Christopher Billy.
2: He did play played a lot of games for Huddersfield. We just field. He was at a Bury. He played, he played for a few teams. Yeah. I'm going to say lower.
3: I'm going to say lower. Yeah. Chris Billy was lower than Ziggur Aronalde. Well done. And uh, you can go back to one of our Christmas specials. Lower as we fever, called it, the Christmas special. <laughs> <you> to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, a special Christmas interview with Christopher Billy. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what episode number it was, but it's a Christmas special. You'll find it. Next up is another former alumni of the Blue Army podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's Derek Holmes. So was Derek Holmes higher or lower than Chris Billy?
2: Uh, That's a difficult one because I I imagine there's probably not much between them. Um, I I think Billy would have been a little higher maybe though. So I'm going to say, yeah, higher. Uh, Sorry, lower. Uh, Derek Holmes lower.
3: Are you going to say Derek Holmes is lower than Chris Billy? And you'd be wrong, I'm afraid. Ah. Derek Holmes was rated higher than Chris Billy. So we've still got two. Two out of five. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. The next one is Brendan McGill.
2: Brendan McGill. um, Quite a bit younger. Came from Sunderland. I'm going to say higher.
3: Brendan McGill higher than Derek Holmes. And you'd be correct, sir. Well done. (laughs) So you've got three. We're going to go for four out of five with the last one, mate. Carl, the hitman, Hawley.
2: Well, instinct says it's got to be higher. I'm still kind of like, because McGill had come from Sunderland, is like that going to complicate things. But now nah, I've got to, um, yeah, Hawley higher.
3: I'm going to say higher for Carl Hawley. Yeah. But you'd be wrong, I'm afraid, Fox. Will. <laughs> You'd be wrong, I'm afraid. You'd be like, just
2: stick with my tactic, don't <laughs>
3: <laughs> Until the bitter end, indeed. Yeah, Three Out of five, not bad. Let us know how you guys got on. Uh, leave us a comment or something. That'd be nice. More interaction, yay! Uh, but that's the end of FIFA Higher or Lower this week, our specials naughty's edition. And um, We're going to move on to the match report, which unfortunately was about Carlisle United's 2-0 loss that happened this weekend away against Wickham Wanderers and as I always do I'm going to give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game which had Anderson in nets back Lavelle Huntington Mellish and Armour across the defense with Callum Guy Jordan Gibson and Owen Moxon in the midfield with Sean Maguire and Plange playing up Front, uh no arguments really we'll we'll you know we've spoken about Paul Simpson's selection before we, we we very rarely argue with it. no surprises in that particular one. The game itself wills is what we want yeah. to really talk about and well potentially just sort of not gloss over, but we'll deal with this as quickly as we can. There's yeah. a lot of controversy involved, okay, first of all, Jocko Anderson was having a pretty good game. he made a few good saves early on in the match, but unfortunately he committed the most basic of goalkeeping sins, which, Will, I mean, do you want to tell everyone what that is?
2: Not checking what's behind you when you put the ball down.
3: Not checking what's behind you when you put the ball down. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened on the 29th minute. The cheeky number nine hid... On our goalkeeper's blind side, who, you know, just put the ball down to take a nice leisurely placed kick of some kind. The number nine sprang into action and took the ball from Jockel Anderson. But the next part of what happened is... Quite interesting and up for debate as well. Uh, Jocko Anderson reacted pretty well, got himself in front of the ball as quickly as he possibly could. Potentially, yeah. it looked very, very clumsy. The penalty was given. The looks towards the referee were appealing for hand ball. Now, Will, when I watch yeah. this replay back, I don't think it touches his hand. Um, it looks clumsy. There's a lot of limbs involved. But I genuinely don't think it touches his hands. I don't even think it touches anywhere near the top of his arm. Um, He knows he's not in his box. He's not trying to win the ball with his arms. Um, He's he's using his feet. And I don't think from that position that that is necessarily a red card um, for what's happened. I think the referee's blown too early. Uh, What do you think of this situation, Will?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think he's touched it either. He's, I mean, you can tell he's, you, you know, you can tell he knows you can't touch it uh-huh. and he's trying not to. Uh, look and at, looking at the highlights, I don't think he does either. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the other question is whether he, you know, is whether he fouls. Is it Sam they their number nine? Um, I mean, Sam Bokes trips over yeah. him, but. You know, guess maybe goalkeepers don't get the protection outside the area that they get inside the area. I don't know. It. You know, you'd probably be disappointed if if he did that, and a penalty was given for the foul in the. You know, if he did that in the area, because you say he's gone. He's gone. He's kind of like smothered the ball. The striker's gone over him, but he's got the ball.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um i don't know if we know if the referee gave it for the handball or for a foul the match report on bbc says handball and you can see that we can play as a, in the wickham players you know calling for a handball if you know if that's the case you know will his red card get rescinded if we if it's shown that it wasn't a handball don't know. We don't tend to have the best of luck with those
3: things. No, I think it should have been done by now, though, because it's like we've already got a lead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if it was going to get looked into, I feel like it would have been done by now.
2: Yeah. I mean, Vogue's definitely sort of like tumbles over him, but just watching it again, he's kind of got the ball or he's, he's, he's kind of got it in his, you know, in his bread basket there. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 and there are a lot of limbs and the striker does go over him. You know, watch it time and time again. I can't necessarily say it's like it's an obvious
3: foul. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was uh, the resulting free kick and the resulting substitute was a plunge for Holy. So uh, Carlisle down to ten men, replacing a striker, which is you know pretty normal to be fair. Leaving Sean Maguire on there though, rather than having somebody with a bit of sprite, was up for debate for a couple of Carlisle United fans. But in my opinion, it's a first half red card, and in that situation, you're not trying to tire out. Limbs to that extent, and Maguire yeah. with the experience would have been the striker to keep on the pitch. So I agree with Simo on keeping Maguire on the pitch over Plunge. Now, mate, yeah. Is this what happens just a couple of minutes later, a penalty in your opinion? Number 12, but clearly is is pretty tricky. And he gets himself onto the left side of Paul Huntington, who is always trying to play catch up from that turn onwards. But when the contact with the ball comes, it's up for debate whether or not Huntington made a tackle or whether he got the man first and then the ball. It's one of those classic ones, isn't it? Was it the ball first? Was it the man first? And because he's he's going across the man, it's always going to look like you're taking the man first. And he was coming from a behind position as well. The more and more I watch the replay, I do think the heel of his boot pretty much makes contact with the top of the ball. But I don't know, and it's very hard to tell,
2: yeah where there's the working... point
3: of contact with the player actually starts um so and if i'm if i'm not sure about it and i'm a referee i don't think i'm giving it mate i don't i think i'm giving a corner so it, it, it's it's another risky one it's another dodgy one and it's very very harsh um do you have anything to add to this
1: well
2: yeah you can't really tell from the replay there's like a there's like a Wiccan player standing in front of them. So if you pause it at the moment, the tackle's made, you can't see where his foot is really. And mm-hmm. um, I can maybe see the bit where you feel like he's got his foot to the ball. Let's watch that again. Because um, the ball then bounces up. It looks like the ball bounces up and hits the Wiccan player on the knee and then goes out. So that sort of suggests somebody's Done something with it,
3: yeah. I think the it's thing is, contact is, on the ball,
2: yeah. I think the thing is, is, is kind of pulling him back a bit before he goes in, and that's maybe what's made the referee's mind up. Maybe a combination of things, like a combination of borderline fouls that he's decided, you know, the referee's decided somewhere in amongst that lot, he thinks it's likely that a penalty is being conceded.
3: Carlisle, though, even though he went down to Ted Men, sorry, the. The penalty taker sent the goalkeeper the wrong way. It's one nil to, Wickham. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, Carlisle though, in the second half came out quite you know up for it, trying to trying to overturn the deficit. Uh, there was a counter-attacking moment where Jordan Gibson picked up the ball in his own half, ran clear 30 yards and played a very very clever ball through into Sean Maguire who went for the goalkeeper's front post and unfortunately the goalkeeper's training leg managed to stop the ball um or it's a combination of the defender as well getting back to to make the tackle it's it's that position though that we we, we would expect to see goals being scored mate. Uh, that's that's turning the game on its head that's putting us into the game um Maguire, yeah, is he? You know, is is it worth swapping him out?
2: Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, if he can do that much better from that uh, from that chance show, I think it is the defender mm-hmm. that slides in and it was just like a very good defensive block.
3: Yeah, um, but he's not scoring though, is he?
2: He he's not scoring. but He's not scoring because of that block, and you know, it's not like he can really do anything to prevent that block coming in. That's just that's just a well-timed lunge from the defender, unless he kind of like um, switches it back onto his left. But, Mm. you know, with the goals opening up like that, you've got to take the shot. If he switches it back onto his left and doesn't score, then you're like, why didn't you take the shot when it was there?
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh Cali United continued uh in the second half as well to look for that goal. And uh Sam Lavelle had a clear header uh from an Owen Moxon corner, which just bounced wide of the post. Um unfortunate. And the second goal for Wickham came it's textbook from Sam Vokes. Uh we've we've all seen him doing it for years, backing into the defender, turning and rattling one. Into the bottom corner. It's it's Sam Vokes. It's it's 2-0 to Wickham. Uh, it's late on, and Carlyle United heads did pretty much drop after that point. Um, Wills, I'm gonna hand over to some of our listeners' match reactions. Uh, and we're gonna hear what they've got to say yeah. before before we kind of like power through. Uh so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over to Max, and I think he's got three. Three different listeners for us to uh, listen to. See if we've got anything first to add to match these. The first
4: reaction uh, from the Wicken game is from Ellie Ritchie. Uh, and she thinks that um, she likes Anderson in net, um, but at this point he's made too many mistakes. And uh, she thinks Holy should be given a chance now. Um, and also she <coughs> she thinks uh, Alfie McCalmont deserves um, a place in the starting lineup.
3: Now, Will, that's a little yeah. bit. Like kind of what I was saying is uh, potentially the fact that we, we might need to freshen things up and we might, might need to swap things around. We're obviously going to have to see Thomas Holy in the squad because it doesn't look like there's going to be any overturning of that red card decision for Anderson. So it is prime position for him to be able to take it out of the squad. It doesn't look like we're going to be overturning any decisions to do with that. So Holy is going to be given his chance. Um months. We both saw him at Carlisle city. Yeah. Uh, on, on that tuesday night it didn't exactly look inspired i know it's difficult to look inspired on a cold day or a cold night at Guildford yeah. park but uh yeah do you think it's time to see that positioning change in the midfield
2: um i mean like I, I don't necessarily think that any of the midfielders have done anything to warrant coming out of the squad but we've got you know we've got players like McAlmont in reserve that, you know, we expect them to do well at this level. And I think we would all, you know, I think we were all thinking that, you know, he's going to really kind of like rise and shine at this level. I'm not going to judge him too much on the Carlisle City game because, you know, they're a bit funny, these sorts of games. You can't, it's not the same sort of, I mean, it's a friendly for them, whereas it's a competitive game for Carlisle City. So um, it's a difficult call. Um because you know who you know whoever you take out to put McCallmont in is gonna feel like, well, what have I done wrong?
5: Mm.
2: It's a difficult one. But I do agree with uh, you know, wanting to see more of, of McCalmont. Um when, you know, I think Magooch is is coming back to uh to full fitness at some point. Yeah, so, Thanks for that one
3: Ellie We've got another one here I think it's a friend of the show Ryan Hogarth Who's been contributing quite a lot recently Since we started doing this fan interaction It's it's the one name I've I've managed to remember
4: Next one's from Ryan Hogarth um, So he thinks it was a bad performance overall And the sending off killed us early on um, And also that Garner should get, a, get
3: his uh, place In the starting 11 Okay so Garner, Garner in the starting 11 Yes or no Will?
2: Um, yes, I think, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it was that bad a performance. We, you know, we've had a lot of fairly frustrating games where we've not been terrible. We've just sometimes feel like we haven't had the, you know, we've got a bit unlucky. Um, You know, when I call like a sending off unlucky, I don't necessarily mean that it was absolutely not deserved. But it's, it's that thing of like, you know, one mistake completely changes the game. So and and we've had a few of those where on another day a mistake you know doesn't. Um, but Ghana is 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 a player for when you have to kind of like dig in and and be a bit ugly, and you know maybe you know maybe we kind of like need to call on that a bit more now i was I was against it earlier in the season because I could i I could see the green shoots of you know was kind of like really adjusting to this division and I, you know I was confident we'd have more points by now um I still am confident that we'll you know that we'll improve but maybe we do kind of like need to have that sort of like just much more. Ugly combative side of the game,
3: yeah. Um, and the last comment
4: last one is from um Lisa Bullman. She said there was a period in the second half where we'd improved a lot, um, but it just wasn't enough, uh, and that she wasn't a big fan of the uh, the referee. I'm not going to say exactly the words she used, but use uh, <laughs> <an> your <easier> imagination.
3: <laughs> so the referee really not impressing, uh, Lisa. Obviously, we've spoken about the uh, the controversies at the start in in the first half. With did Jockel touch the ball with his hand? Did he not touch the ball with his hand at all? We've both ruled that he didn't. Um, <laughs> you have said that there was there was contact <laughs> between Volks and, and and Anderson. Uh, so there's at least that in it. But is that enough to to have sent the player off?
2: Don't know. I mean, um, if the referee thinks that it's either a foul or, you know, a handball, then, you know, the rules state that he has to get sent off in that situation. And I guess we were, you know, we weren't 100% about it. Um, But there's probably, like, other things you can criticise the referee for in that game. I can't remember them. I listened to it on the radio, but it's a bit of the same old story for us this season. Issues issues with officiating. Mm. Um, Obviously, we were pretty unlucky in the game. I can't remember who was against now, where it seemed like everything was against us.
3: Right. Well, I feel like we're in a position where we're not playing terribly and there just seems to be a freak occurrence or a referee more than every other game at the moment or, or something like this that happens with Jockle and Um, not looking over your blind side that kind of thing we we see it happen every season of course we do but it doesn't happen consistently to the same football team every season it was kind of like our turn and it just adds to that um, carnival of just weird poor refereeing decisions and 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 just like unlucky circumstances as well that have just happened so far this season for us not to be able to just pick up that one point here and maybe be able to even get that goal and push on uh, to 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 win in the game, um, but yeah, thanks very much for all the contributions from from the listeners there. Uh, I believe that Liam's also sent in his opinion from the game, so we'll uh, we'll give that a listen to.
5: For the Wigan match, I think it was uh, you know definitely a, a strange one for me. Uh, the main talking point is obviously going to be the goalkeeping disaster. Uh, having to revert back to Thomas Hawley after Jockel Anderson was sent off um, for potentially handling the ball outside of his area, um, which fortunately removes him from the Man of the Match uh, suggestions, I'd imagine. But but yeah, I think I'm going to have to give my Man of the Match to um, Callum Guy. I know it's a bit of a cop-out at the minute, but... uh, you know, he's just ever-present in that midfield. I feel like we've, we'd be a lot worse off without him. And he's just very, very consistent. And he sure that again against Wickham. Um, but, yeah, that's my man of the match.
3: No, right, So, I mean, like we don't always give man of the matches when we lose. Uh, um, but Liam's been bold there. And he, he's given it to Callum Guy. Was there anyone that stood out for you on the day, Will?
2: Um, well, I only listened on the radio and saw the highlights. But I feel like I want to give a man of the match awards to someone I'm gonna give it to Sean Maguire because while he was on the pitch it did seem like there was always that you know there was still that threat
3: so that's pretty fair I don't think I can give a clear man of the match Um, And neither can Max, to be fair to him. So, um, yeah, Max has sent in his predictions for next weekend's game against Bolton. Obviously, at the time of recording, we're playing Peterborough tonight, so it'll be old news by the time this podcast comes out. So we're not necessarily covering the Peterborough game. Uh, We might start moving to two podcasts a week. We'll see how we get on. Um, But, yeah, Max has predicted for the Bolton game this.
4: Um, Predictions for the Bolton game. Um, I've got a massively... Um, optimistic feeling about it there's going to be like four thousand carl Alphonse, um, me included so i just think we'll turn up we'll we'll completely surprise everyone and i reckon we'll win um two or three one i'll just say three one right as well yeah three one to the blues
3: Three one to the Blues is what Max is saying. It's yeah. also what Liam is saying. Uh, he said three one easy uh, in a message <laughs> on the group chat. Will, what's your prediction for the Bolton game? Um,
2: I'm going to be a little more, <clears throat> a little more conservative and say one 0 to one-nil. us. No.
3: One 0 one 0 sure. Um, I mean, for my, for me, for my, I don't know why I said it like that. It's probably because I'm looking for what what Bolton did last weekend, which is they won one nil away at Port Vale, and they're currently sitting fourth in the table. But like Max rightly said, we're bringing four thousand Carlisle United fans down to Bolton, and I'd like to see a good win. So 2-1. We'll go 1-0 down, and we'll come back and we'll win it, and it'll feel like one of those old-school victories, like when we came back and beat Millwall or Leeds or Sheffield or something like that. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be a nice throwback victory, and it'll set us up for a bit of a run, hopefully. Uh, that's all of our predictions for this week, Will. So as teased earlier It's time for everybody's favourite game! Guessing the player. Guessing the player. Guessing the player. Guessing the player.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's it. All all guessing,
2: guessing the player. It's right,
3: it's I think you need to like put a video of you dancing on the guessing the player. somewhere. <laughs> guessing oh, the player. Oh, uh, But yeah, it's special nineties edition of guessing the player. Oh, sorry, noughties edition of guessing the player. Um, and also, there's a special twist this time, Wills, because uh, I've got three clues for you, numbered one, two, and three. And you can pick them in any order you want because I'm trying to debunk that uh, statement that anyone's easier than another one.
1: <laughs> <Yep>.
3: <laughs> um, so, yeah, you'll get to pick uh, if you want one, two or three to start off with. Uh, it's a special easy edition yeah. of Guessing the Player. It's just a friendly. There's no points being played. Um, and you guys are playing along there. Listening away, so Wills, without further ado, it's time to play our special Noughties edition of Guessing the Player. So, um, would you like one, two, or three?
2: I'll have two, please.
3: Number two, okay, is... This player has played in England, Scotland, and Wales.
2: Well, that doesn't really tell... It doesn't tell you very much, does it not? Uh <laughs>
3: It's just a, it's a combination thing. I, I mean, one makes it easier than the next. You know what I mean? It all triggers the next one, I think, anyway. We'll see. We'll see.
2: Graham Kavanagh.
3: Graham Kavanagh. It's not Kavner. Graham Kavanagh, yeah. I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on. Would you like yeah. one or three?
2: Um, One.
3: Number one is after being released by Liverpool, he joined Carl United on a free. Um, Is it?
2: David Amu,
3: it's not David Amu, I'm afraid, Wills. So we'll move on to the uh, last one. Number three is he retired from football in 2021 to pursue uh, a career in acting.
2: Um, but the other one I was going to say when he said released by Liverpool, someone was say Is it David Raven?
3: It is David Raven. Hey! <laughs> Hey, it's David Raven. Well done, Wills. You've managed it within I didn't know the he was allotted.
2: In yeah? I didn't know he was in acting.
3: Oh well he did that. Ad- he did the advert as well recently, didn't he? Uh, he plays a referee. I didn't know. Like a car advert, yeah, he played like a, a in in a few adverts during the World Cup as well. Or at least one car advert during the World Cup <laughs> as well. Yeah. David Bravin, formerly of Marine, uh, he retired in 2021, and I hope his acting career is going well. Uh, Wills, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we've done all right, just the two of us, I think. Uh, we've done yeah, yeah. fine. I've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks very much for joining me. And um, mate, there isn't really anything else left for us to do apart from go to the Peterborough match
2: yeah. and
3: say bye for now. Bye
2: for now.